It's crossover Thursday time here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Steelers meets Locked On Ravens. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to this edition of Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Steelers Ravens week, a storied week anytime they meet as AFC North rivals. Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers, Kevin Ostrecker from Locked On Ravens, and we're here to give you some great content for your Thursday leading into this super matchup. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks on this Crossover Thursday. Prize Picks is so much fun and easy to play. There's no competing with other players. It's just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter because it's that easy. We love Prize Picks, and we know you will too. First time you just receive a 100% easy deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N Locked On at prizepicks.com or the Prize Picks app. Again, promo code Locked On. We thank you for making the Locked On Podcast Network your first listen every day. Kevin, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Chris. This is it's you're right. Raven Steelers week. It's always a week you look forward to. And this is the first of two. We'll be talking again in a couple weeks to preview the second matchup in Baltimore. But for now, the Ravens at eight and four, the Steelers at five and seven. But that doesn't matter. Records go out the window when you're talking about <laughs> Ravens and Steelers. We have seen it time and time and time again. So I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. But that, that's what happens here. No matter if the Steelers are bad and the Ravens are good or the Ravens are bad and the Steelers are good, these teams are going to give each other's problems. They're like the little brother and little like little brothers and sisters who just hate each other and they poke at each other in the back of the car no matter what the situation is. But let's talk about the situation that's going on right now. And I want to give you the floor to talk about the biggest Ravens story that, that's going into this game because I think a lot of people are pointing to the quarterback position. You're exactly right. That is exactly what it is. Lamar Jackson ends up leaving week 13 against Denver. Diagnosis a PCL sprain. So right in that one to three week range. I know Adam Schefter of ESPN put out there. Seems like it'll be Tyler Huntley this week for the Ravens. Obviously, Jackson hasn't been ruled out yet, but looks like that's the direction we're heading in now. Tyler Huntley... He's one of the better backup quarterbacks in this league, in my opinion. Perfect for what the Ravens do on offense. I think they're very blessed to have him as their backup quarterback. Now, for Huntley, an example, against Denver, he completed 27 passes, but for under 200 yards. So he doesn't necessarily push the ball down the field. And for Lamar Jackson, even, he's had struggles with his deep ball accuracy this season. For Tyler Huntley, if he's in there, he would be throwing to Mark Andrews as your top pass-catching option. But then with Rashad Bateman being down for the year, that happened a couple months ago. Devin Duvernay is your wide receiver one. Demarcus Robinson is in there. James Prochet. Tylen Wallace is on IR now. So you have Deshaun Jackson signed to the 53-man roster. So a little blast from the past. He's made some plays, though. So Huntley's a player that you can still win games with. He obviously was the guy when Lamar Jackson went down last season. And the Ravens ended up going on their little six-game losing streak to end that season. But he played against Pittsburgh last year. So he has the experience. And I think that now moving forward, regardless of how much time Lamar Jackson has to miss, you want Lamar Jackson out there. Jackson is the better player, but Huntley still gives you a chance if you're the Ravens, but the offense has struggled as a whole, even with Jackson behind the helm. I mean, I mean, get this, Chris. The Ravens have not scored a first, second, or third quarter touchdown in their last three games. Each of them. No first, second, or third quarter touchdowns. It's, it's been field goals. And look, if you want field goals, Justin Tucker's your guy. He's going he to make them. That's you got the guy. <laughs> that's who you want it to be. But – 
You want to score touchdowns. You don't want to miss out on touchdown opportunities in the red zone. They've been bad in the red zone. In week 13 against Denver, they went 3 of 13 on third down. This offense has struggled, and Pittsburgh has stars on that defense, so Huntley has his work cut out for him. Absolutely, and you're right. They did meet last year. It was a it was a close game. Did it go to overtime, or was it just that it, it went to it overtime? Was, I think it was overtime. It was overtime, and then the final kick the Steelers made was so that it wouldn't be a tie, right. and that's what it was, uh, and that's just crazy to think about, But uh, and, and that time of that year. But now you're in a situation where the Steelers' offense hasn't exactly been good. Uh, they've, been, they've been struggling, so I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how these two teams kind of move the ball in this game because – uh, you have you have a, the seventh, I think the seventh ranked rushing defense for the Steelers, but you have the number two ranked rushing defense for the Ravens. And to me, that's the biggest story for the Steelers. The running game has picked up. They've rushed for 150 yards in three out of their last four games. They've rushed for over 100 yards at five straight games. Najee Harris has been picking it up. Benny Snell has found it, has found some life. Jalen Warren, when he's been healthy, has been an asset. But now you face one of the best run defenses in the NFL. Roquan Smith has obviously been an a- asset to them. It's been really interesting to see that that group work and I think what's going to be the, the story of this game for the Steelers is does the run offense still work the offensive line very makeshift this year and they struggled early on to figure out how to block together but they're blocking better together it's what we've something we've analyzed all week on locked on Steelers but now they face a run, a run defense you still got Calais Campbell you still got JPP you still you still got uh you got Matubuike who's come, who's come on you still got Justin Houston who can help Patrick Queen Roquan Smith you've gotten an assortment of really talented guys and even guys coming off the bench like uh oh are going to be able to help uh and, and fight and, and and fight up front for the for the Ravens this is going to be a, a, a serious challenge what Kevin if anything has been the biggest asset to the Ravens to stuffing the run so far yeah, I think it's it's a multitude of things. I think starting off, the, the front seven's been very dominant. They played very well against Denver in week 13. The Broncos only averaged 3.1 yards per carry. And you know, it's not like Denver's offense is a world-beating offense. They are the worst offense in the league this year. <laughs> but at the same time, they have been consistent in stopping the run. You mentioned Clays Campbell, Justin Metabike, Project Washington, another guy who's played very well for them. They have depth on that defensive line. So they could afford to, and obviously you don't want it to happen, but they could afford to lose a guy like Michael Pierce early in the season and still have the depth that they do now. Pierce has been out since week one with that bicep wow. injury. So he, he's been a tough loss, but the Ravens have still had the, but you mentioned Roquan Smith, who has been a great acquisition by them. Obviously the contract situation, we'll figure that out once the offseason hits and, and what that situation is. But yeah. Patrick, Patrick Queen as well has played very well. Those two have played well off of each other. Queen, even before Roquan Smith came in, have been playing very, very good football. Queen got injured in the Denver game in week 13. He actually had to have the cart brought out for him. It was a very hard looking injury. It was a thigh, but he was limited in practice on Wednesday. He says he should be able to play just a thigh bruise he escaped with. And John Harbaugh is very happy with that diagnosis. But those two being able to work through the holes, the defensive line opens up for them, be very solid and willing tacklers. And also their sideline to sideline speed helps them close very quickly against guys who maybe get past that first level. And you have your second line of defense with a queen and also with the Roquan Smith, you also have Marlon Humphrey and Kyle Hamilton, some of these bigger defensive backs who can come up and stop the run. It's all been great for them. And on the other side of the coin, the Ravens rushing offense, it's the second best rushing offense this season. Yep. And actually, I think it dropped it dropped down to third after last week because they only averaged 3.9 yards per carry against Denver. But still, they have a top five rushing offense and a top five rushing defense. That's where you look to if you look for strengths for the Ravens. 
I think it's going to be really interesting to see which of these offenses make plays, you know, and does Lamar Jackson make a surprise comeback and, and, and play this game or does Tyler Huntley come in though? Mike Tomlin was praising Tyler Huntley. As you said, he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. Mike Tomlin was talking about him as such in his Tuesday press conference. He's like, we've seen the guy we studied him and we played him. We know what he brings to the table and it's going to bring a challenge. So I think it's going to be interesting. We're going to break down more matchups in just a minute here on crossover Thursday between locked on Steelers and locked on Ravens. But Kevin, let people know what's going on with audible right now i will this episode is brought to you by audible and audible's releasing a slate of new football podcast that we're sure you're gonna love that's why you'll be able to find a sneak peek of block forever it's available on locked on nfl right now and block forever it's a brand new podcast from former nfl all pro ryan khalil and audible khalil takes the conversation about football to the next level he gives football fans and insiders look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. So he sits down with star players, and that's also coaches and former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes. So grooms during team meetings, and even back at the hotel, you'll hear guys like Christian McCaffrey talk about his love-hate relationship with fantasy football, and even former Steeler Juju Smith-Schuster give his most honest opinions on other players and positions throughout the league. So head over to Lockdown NFL for a sneak peek of Lock Forever. Catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcast available everywhere now. Audible, get in the game. Back here on Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Steelers, Locked On Ravens, Chris Carter and Kevin Ostreicher. We're breaking things down. Kevin, I'll let you leave last time, so I'm going to take the, the helm on this one for a little bit. I, I am really intrigued to see the Ravens pass defense against Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is not blowing anything up by any means. But he has not turned the ball over since the Steelers by week four, five weeks ago. He's had four straight games where he's at least been able to move the ball. The Steelers two months ago were the were the second worst time of possession offense in the NFL. Now they're the seventh best. And a big part of that has been the running game has improved, but so has Kenny Pickett with his ability to kind of distribute the football keep to keep the chains moving and get and keep drives alive. That's been a huge part of what the Steelers needed to do, but they're facing you're facing a very experienced and very talented uh Ravens secondary. You got Marlon Humphrey, everyone knows him. You got Marcus Peters, everyone knows him. But Kyle Hamilton has been coming in. Chuck Clark's been coming in. Geno Stone's been there. What has been the the biggest asset to this to this secondary and where's Kyle Hamilton fit in because he was a guy that everyone was talking about leading up to the draft. Yeah, Hamilton was someone that I know a lot of people had in their top five, top seven, top 10. It, it was a luxury that he even fell anywhere close to Baltimore at 14 in that draft. And he's been a do-it-all guy for them. Definitely struggled early on in the season. He, he was a pretty big reason why the Ravens lost that game to Miami in week two after that huge fourth quarter comeback where Tua Tagovailoa just went uh, incredibly nuclear on this Ravens defense. But he, he took accountability for it. And then what he did the next week is he ended up winning them the game against the Patriots on a forced fumble by Nelson Aguilar. Now, what they're doing with him is they're using him in a bunch of different roles. They like to use him in that big nickel role, so they'll put him inside and have him match up against some of those receivers and other guys there. But he can play in the back half. He can play up to at the line. He's very physical, a huge athletic specimen, someone who has a lot of intangibles that you covet at the safety position. So Hamilton's fit in in a bunch of different ways. And that's really what the Ravens secondary is. It's being able to move around the secondary, move up at the line, be able to play in the back end. And they've been missing Marcus Williams, their big acquisition in the offseason, five-year, $70 million deal. 
He, yeah. He's been missing for months. He had three interceptions in his first two games with the Ravens. Was really that back half presence they desperately needed. But Geno Stone has come in in replacing Marcus Williams and has played really, really, really well. Now, Williams has been designated to return from injured reserve. The Ravens are hopeful he'll come back for this week. Still not, nothing concrete there yet. It was still pretty early in the week. But I think that if he's able to come back, it just adds to your depth. And the Ravens have been able to kind of survive injuries to Marcus Williams. Some subpar play here and there from Marcus Peters. Humphrey has been incredible. Marlon Humphrey has had a resurgence in 2022. Mm -hmm. He's that top five corner that I think people forgot about because we saw the, the 200 game by Jamar Chase. And, and he was a big catalyst in that last year. But he's backing better than ever. So you add Hamilton to that. Maybe if you get Marcus Williams back this week, it adds another element. Plus already the depth that they have there. Disaster would be if Humphrey goes down. That would be the ultimate last thing you want because then it moves everybody up. But I think for the Ravens' pass defense, which, you know, pure box score stats-wise, they're in the middle of the league. They're 18th, giving up 6.3 yards per attempt. It's fine for what they have, but they just need consistency over the course of a full 60 minutes. And we've seen it sometimes, but they've also let up the gas at other points. Yeah, I feel you on that. And that, the Steelers are in the same boat. I mean, they the, the last three first halves that they've had, they've scored 16 or more points. And then, you know, in the second half, they've just petered out. Uh, and they were able to score 14 points in the second half against the Bengals, albeit in a losing performance. But, you know, they put they scored 16 against the Falcons in the first half. They scored three the rest of the way. They scored eight the rest of the way against the Colts when they put 16. And it's like the Steelers offense They've found their moments and it hasn't all been one person like like, for example, this is most of it uh, early on in the season. A lot of the problems I thought were on Kenny Pitt were on Kenny Pickett because I thought there were times he was off with his timing. He wasn't seeing the field. He wasn't making the right read. And there were times you could blame him for that. But as of late, as especially since the bye, those have been gone for the most part. Those have been things where we've seen him be sharper. And I think that's where. Uh, that's where the Steelers have seen seen a really good improvement. But you're seeing inconsistency from guys, some guys who you, you didn't think you, you were hoping that you wouldn't see from this year, uh, one being Deontay Johnson, who just continues to have lots of drop issues for the Steelers, even though he's great at getting open anywhere on the field. He's, he's had a hard time hauling in passes. You have George Pickens, who he's he's had some moments where he's dropped passes as well, but he's been more of a deep threat for the Steelers. You, you have guess, some guys you'd be able to count on, like Pat Frymuth, who's been strong over the middle. But I think it's going to be really interesting to see who gets matched up with whom in the, the Ravens secondary, because Marlon Humphrey, I imagine goes and takes away Deontay Johnson, but Marcus Peters, he's given up a lot of scores this year. Is he, does he get matched up with George Pickens? And if that does happen, how many one-on-one -on -one opportunities does, does he, do, they, does the Ravens allow Kenny Pickett to get against him with George Pickens? And how many one-on-one -on -one opportunities does Kenny Pickett go deep against Marcus Peters in hoping that he can hit a home run ball? Yeah, and I think when talking about both defenses and actually both offenses, I think the pass rush and how the opponent's offensive line combats that pass rush is going to be huge. For the Ravens, Ronnie Stanley did practice in full on Wednesday. That's a great sign. He's missed the last couple games with an ankle injury after aggravating something against the Panthers in Week 11. So if he's back and he's enough to run out there with Patrick McCarry or Daniel Falele and their offensive tackle situation, look, it, it's a lot better than it was last year. Alejandro Villanueva, former Steeler, 
was mm-hmm. just a <laughs> d- disaster for them. And I remember I, we've talked about this, Chris. When he signed, I saw Steelers fans being like, yes. Like, <laughs> like a, get him out of there. <laughs> like, this is the best case scenario. And, and he was in a di- difficult situation because he was signed to play right tackle. They were trying to convert him over throughout the offseason. Then Stanley ends up only playing the one game. So they move him all the way back over to left tackle. And it was just... It was not great. But regardless, Stanley's after his comeback now, he has looked like Ronnie Stanley, the Ronnie Stanley of old. The mobility is there. He's been great. On the other side, Morgan Moses, who they signed in the offseason, he's been, I'd say, he's been decent. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been terrible, though. I think he's kind of a, a, a middling option for them right now. But for the Steelers' pass rush, Alex Highsmith has, has had a phenomenal season. Cam Hayward on the interior, you got to look out for. T.J. Watt only has one and a half sacks this year, but he, he's missed a lot of time. So, you know, you already know the player T.J. Watt is. And on the opposite side of things, for the Ravens' pass rush, Justin Houston has been incredible. Yeah, Incredible, been. incredible this year. He's almost at 10 sacks. Where the Ravens have been trying to get him there. He's been at nine for a little bit now. But you have Clays Campbell, who we talked about with five and a half. Patrick Queen with four. And for a Steelers offensive line that I'm sure Chris has been kind of inconsistent this year, it's going to be big for both teams to be able to get a pass rush on the opposing offense and for the offensive line of that opposing team to try to push them away and give their quarterback time to throw. Might have missed your point here. What what has been? But but if, please go back if, if 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 I did miss this. What is your opinion on Tyler Linderbaum's first season? Linderbaum has been he's been good. I mean, he's definitely so he struggled against some of the more elite options like Quinn and Williams and, and some of these other guys, but. He has been a stable option for them at center for the most part. And a guy who the Ravens have been looking for for a while. The Ravens have cycled through a lot of centers ever since, ever for a really long time now. You know, yeah. Matt Burke in that Super Bowl winning season was there. You have guys like Jeremy Zuta and Ryan Jensen. It has been that long. I was thinking like Burke was just there. No, he's not. No, he's no, no, no. Burke, Burke is a bodybuilder now, actually. He looks good. He, he's, Whoa, he looks good okay. now. But, so the Ravens, when they they traded Marquise Brown for the pick that was Tyler Linderbaum, he's been an anchor for them. Now, I know a lot of the concerns with him where he's a little undersized and what's his physicality, but he's a physical guy. I think people look at his size and don't think he's physical. He has, he has grown man strength. He's a very strong guy. So you go through a couple of the ups and downs you go through as a rookie, obviously, but He's been very solid overall for them, which is why I think, you know, pass rush is not just these these outside linebackers and edge guys getting to the quarterback. You got to be able to stop the interior pass rush, too. That's a very big must for them. Ben Powers has played well at left guard. He won the left guard competition and not a ton was expected, but he's been great. And then Kevin Zeitler, the, the beacon of consistency over their right guard. But what about the Steelers offensive line, Chris? Where are they right now? They're actually doing a lot better, and this is something we've talked about with this as the year has gone on. A lot of people are giving the new uh, the new offensive line coach Pat Meyer a lot of grief because they started off pretty poorly. They were pass protecting okay, but they were terrible at run blocking. Now they're still kind of okay at pass protection, but they're much better at run blocking. They're combo blocking together. They're understanding where each other have to be. They're still like there's still no pedigree guys like Dan Moore Jr. is still not. He's not your ideal long-term left, left tackle right now. Like he, he may develop into it in, in that later in his career, possibly. But right now, he's that. That's still a concern that if, if I'm the Ravens, I'm like, hey, Justin Houston, 
get your 10th sack over there. Uh, you know, I, I, I try to force that matchup to happen. But Mason Cole has been a huge asset at the center position. He has steadied the position, uh, you know, in in where, where the Steelers were really concerned after last year. Um, and now I think you've also seen James Daniels really pick it up, the veteran that they got in free agency from the Bears. Uh, and Kevin Dotson, I will say, has also stepped up this year. Uh, he had some injury concerns early, and he's had his ups and his downs. But lately, I when, I've, when you've seen him lock in and he understands his assignment, he is going and getting – he's aggressive. And I think that's what you're seeing from this group right now is they have learned how to play aggressive and play together. I think before, they were all charging really hard in different directions, and it wasn't coordinated. Now they're doing it in a more coordinated sense. Now, granted, again, you're going up against a defensive front that's got a lot of talented veterans on it. That's going to be really interesting. You also have a young rookie in Travis Jones that I think is going to, is, is going to be really good in the NFL. Um, so – this, this is going to be a major test for how far this group has come, but they aren't the pushovers that they were in the first month of the season. If this was, if these two teams met in September, I'd have, I'd be like, oh, I'm just like, okay, Kenny, don't die. <laughs> like it would, it would have been something like that, but, uh, but it's not that right now. And it's still, it's still going to be a struggle. It's still going to be a fight in, uh, in the, in the trenches there, but they are playing better right now. So we're going to go more into these matchups and how we see it playing out into the game with our thoughts in just a minute here on crossover Thursday here on the locked on podcast network. But first we got to talk to you guys about BetOnline.net. BetOnline, of course, is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the NFL season as they push to the playoffs, as well as the NHL, NBA, college sports, and so much more. Go to BetOnline right now. You can also check out podcasts that they have available, breaking all those things down and how you can make money by betting on sports. BetOnline, your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more of the trends in the action when you visit bet online where the game starts we're also brought to you by built bar built bar of course is the ultimate protein bar that tastes like a candy bar built bar of course though has come always coming out with new amazing flavors new flavors like cookie dough topper coconut brownie bar coconut brownie topper and the white chocolate peppermint granola it's built's take on the granola bar because it's more filling it's it's still insanely tasty and they also have candy cane brownie puffs which if you remember built puffs they're like built bars but they're fluffy on the inside they got the marshmallow filling it's like biting into a tasty cloud first off for anyone who hasn't tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best protein bars ever built. They're, they're the revolutionary, they're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate on the outside, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories. We're talking 130 calories on average per bar. Just sink your teeth into that first bite. It'll change your life forever. And the magical, wonderful time afterwards, you're going to be loving all of the built bars as you try. Go get a mixed box with all five of the flavors that I described in this, in this, and you're going to be happy for the holidays. Built, you got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using locked on 15 at built.com. That's L O C K E D O N 1 5 at built.com. And when we do back to back ad reads, we keep it rolling here on the, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Kevin, What's the biggest factor you see playing into this game? We could talk more about the pass rush. We could talk about the run games and who establishes it on the ground first. But let's assume let's assume Hundley's playing. Let's assume he's the quarterback. What's the biggest key you see playing into how, how this game turns out? Well, I, I think it's fast starts for either team. Who can get mm-hmm. off to a faster start than the other? Baltimore, over the past three weeks, I talked about their first three-quarter struggles. 
those have been against teams where we looked at the Ravens schedule coming out of the bye, you know, Carolina, Jacksonville, Denver. And you're thinking, oh, the Ravens with the way they were playing before the bye, they have a dominant second half performance in prime time against Tampa Bay, the new Orleans game. They dominated that game front to back. You're thinking this, these could be three blowout games or we see Tyler Huntley not because of injury, but because the game is third to nothing in the fourth quarter, you don't need Lamar Jackson anymore, but it's been the exact opposite of that on offense where Against the, the some of these better teams in the NFL, these slow starts are not going to cut it. Where, look, slow starts happen on offense, but slow starts lasting for three quarters in three straight games, you just can't have that if you're the Ravens. So if Pittsburgh can get off to a good start, you know, if they can somehow run the ball in this Ravens defense, or if Kenny Pickett can somehow slice and dice this secondary, which I think the Baltimore defense, they've been playing lights out. I think they'll be up at the task this week. But I think whoever gets off to the... The faster start will have a much better shot to win this game. And also, I think the time possession battle is one that oh yeah. I think people some people value what other people don't. For me, if the Ravens can sustain seven, eight, nine minute drives, if the Steelers can sustain seven, eight, nine minute drives, that's another key here because it keeps your defense off the field, keeps them all rested, it keeps the opposing defense on the field and gasses them out a little bit. So I think for two teams that will be looking to establish some sort of momentum early, being able to get a Seven-minute touchdown drive at the beginning of the game would be huge for either of those. So that's where I'm looking towards. And I'm looking forward to that as well because both of these teams, like you said, you want them to possess the football. And like you said, you know, this is going to be a game where I think both teams are going to try to start fast. And if they don't, it's going to become a war of attrition. And you're going to want to see who becomes tired first, you know, as far as defenses. And we've seen it from both of these these groups. You've seen the Ravens. They've given up a lot of fourth-quarter leads in in this this, uh, season. And – you know, the Steelers aren't exactly the offense that scares you as far as being able to put up like, you know, 20 points in a quarter or anything like that. But invite on both sides, you don't want to be the defense that's out there gassed in the fourth quarter on your 80th or 90th snap saying like, dang it, like we got, we, you know, we've, we've thrown everything we have out there that we game plan for this week. And now we're repeating ourselves a lot and the offense can kind of respond better to what we're doing. I think that I'm, I'm right with you. I think that's the biggest factor. Can someone establish an early lead that that gives them a chance? And can someone control the football? That those are the two things there that I think that we got to look at the most in this game. If the you know, if the Ravens or the Steelers just just get out, get a big play. And it might it might not even be like a dominant thing. It might be like you know, hey, uh, you know, you you hit um, you hit Devin Duvernay and he takes off for like a fifty yard touchdown, uh, you know, and, and make that and that gives you a 10-3 lead going into halftime. If that's if that's what you hold on to, and then also, you get to the end of the game and you've possessed the ball for maybe six or seven minutes more than the Steelers. Then you're probably that run game, even if it hasn't been cracked open, cracked open the game yet, it probably will crack the game open. We've seen that with the Steelers. We started to see it last week with the Falcons when they were one of the r- best rushing offenses in the NFL and they started to get busy late after being shut down early. So I do think that's a major factor here. I'll be very much watching to see how these offenses try to scheme up opportunities to make big, to, to have your shot plays and to connect on those because Kevin at the same time well um, I think one thing that's been a saving grace for both of these teams is the turnover differential uh the Ravens I believe are plus four I think the Steelers are plus two but this has been something that uh I think has helped both of these teams in the game the games that they've won especially the last few games the Steelers haven't been turning the ball over but I feel like if someone turns the ball over and gives the other team a short field in this game it's a quick recipe for disaster 
Yeah, turnovers are such a momentum swinger for for either side. The Ravens have blown past their turnovers from last season. They were they were not a good turnover defense in 2021. And look, they had lost Marcus Peters. Marlon Humphrey goes down. They didn't they didn't have a lot of their guys. But this year, they've been a lot better at getting the football out of their opponents' hands and back into their offense's hands. And it's a really big factor when you're talking about the ability to, you know, for example, last week against Denver, the Ravens were struggled to move the ball all game, but they were driving and they were in Denver. I think it was about Denver's 30 yard line in the Ravens. This, and that was a gridded out, grinding out game. The Ravens decided to run a trick play where, you know, reverse and then another reverse. And James Perchet throws the ball to Kenyon Drake into, I think, literally quadruple coverage. And that's being very nice about how mm. many Denver defenders in the area. And Justin Simmons just stands there and picks the ball off. And it, it ruins all momentum for the Ravens, gives Denver momentum back, and the Ravens luckily win the game. But it's that type of thing that can either even even win you a game and lose you a game. It can be that much of a factor in the game. So I agree. Turnovers are huge in this one, and I think it'll have a huge outcome on, on how the game ends. We'll see how how the game does end. Tune back in to Locked On Steelers and Locked On Ravens to end the week as we give you our final episodes of the week. Kevin, let people that can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, be sure to follow me over on Twitter, Striker 34 You can also obviously find me hosting Locked On Ravens five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network alongside Chris and Locked On Steelers. And also, I do write for the Ravens Wire, so you can find me seven days a week there. Absolutely. Do check Kevin out. He does great work on the Baltimore Ravens. Thanks, Kevin, for joining me for Crossover Thursday. I'm Chris Carter, host of Locked On Steelers. You can find me on, on Apple and excuse me, on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can find my show just like you find Kevin's show and, and Locked On NFL, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and especially on YouTube. Whichever channel you saw this on, make sure you hit the like button if you enjoyed this, this video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel to hit all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content because we produce plenty of that as well. Thanks again to Kevin for joining us. We'll be back on our own channels Friday, breaking things down and giving you a final preview of Steelers-Ravens.